0: From the Mercy One studio. Welcome to Straight Talk, a lively discussion on tough issues impacting our lives. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Here's your host, Gene Wells.
1: Welcome to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio, your weekly dose. If you need it, of things that give you angst and how we as a Catholic church respond to those, it is time for straight talk. You've got questions, I bet my guest has some answers for you. I'm Jean Wells. I'm so grateful to Mercy One for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio and for sponsoring our Mercy One studio. It is through the generosity of the businesses who sponsor things on Iowa Catholic Radio, as well as our individual donors that allow us to continue to bring the word of God to you, connecting listeners with Christ. Hey, on today's show, you know, the election's over, the inauguration's now behind us, and we move forward into this year's legislative sessions, both at the state and federal uh, level. With a change in parties at the federal level, we can expect to see many changes in the upcoming session. There's just a philosophical difference between Republicans and Democrats. Many of the things Republicans adamantly disagree with and many things Democrats um, disagree with. I mean, it is a very, very different system. We must keep our heads about us when those around us are losing theirs. A, at the Iowa House, there will be a lot of movement, too, given the weaknesses in some of our systems that became evident during the pandemic, including public education, um, which has already been introduced as a Senate study bill, and there was a big conversation yesterday about this, so we're going to talk about that and so much more with Tom Chapman, the Executive Director for the Iowa Catholic Conference, the Iowa Catholic Conference keeps um, it, well, I shouldn't say keeps, it keeps, it brings together the four bishops to look at, the four bishops of Iowa, to look at the legislative issues um, that are important to us as Catholics. Um, and Tom then lobbies for, on behalf of the bishops of the issues that are important to us, like education and health care. And um, the death penalty is one of the things that are back on the table today. You know, with 14 days passed in the 2021 legislative session and an anticipated 96 days left, the introduction of bills is fast and furious. Now, as of yesterday afternoon, there were 141 Senate files and 214 House files up for discussion. So again, I'm so grateful that Tom Chapman is always willing to join us to keep us up up to date on the issues that are important to us. Uh, first, some events. The Catholic Schools Week is the end of January, and you can reach out to any of our Catholic schools for a private tour. Many of them have virtual tours, uh, introductions, especially to pre-K and kindergarten this time of year. Uh, so you can check out what the options are that are available for your kids or, or perhaps grandkids. Um You can find out about their faith formation and academics and tuition assistance. So for a listing of all the Catholic schools in our diocese, go to the diocese website, dmdiocese.org, and click on Schools. Now, a couple of events, uh, one this week, St. Francis of Assisi in West Des Moines will host a virtual preschool and kindergarten information night. That's this Thursday, January 28th, from 630 to 730. So you can go to St. Francis of Assisi website uh, for complete details about that. Now, next week, St. Joseph's, talk about going from the west side to the east side, St. Joseph Catholic School on the east side. They'll host a virtual preschool and kindergarten roundup event. That's Tuesday, February 2nd at 6 p.m. And again, you can go to uh, their website and um, check out and register for that event. That's uh, Or you can just email them. Go to the school office at stjosephcatholicdsm.org um, and find out information. And always on our Iowa Catholic Radio app or on iowacatholicradio.com, you can listen to the podcast of this show if you... Um, don't ever catch it live, or positive and inspiring music, the Bishop Show, all of that is available for you both on our website and the Um on the website or the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Now in the news, this last Friday during the annual Respect Life Mass at St. Joseph's Cathedral in Columbus, Ohio, if you didn't catch this news, a group of abortion rights activists Stormed into the church with signs that read "abortion on demand" and chanting, "This church teaches hate." This is in Columbus, Ohio, folks. Uh, Bishop Robert Brennan was celebrating Mass as a part of a pro-life program created by the U.S. bishops. It's the 48th anniversary of Roe versus Wade. Last Friday, there were approximately 200 prisoners there, including kiddos, children were attending mass, as well as Catholic school children throughout their diocese were live streaming. Now, the police were called, the activists were escorted from the church, but they remained outside shouting profanities at police and screaming insults at the faithful in the church. Lord, help us. Uh, This Friday, you can watch the live stream of the March for Life beginning at 10 a.m. Central Time. That is Friday, January 29th. Uh, The live broadcast will include speeches from pro-life leaders, information on how to stay involved in the pro-life movement all year long, and a performance by Christian singer and songwriter Matthew West. You do need to register, so you just go to March for life.org. So yeah, there isn't going to be, you know, hundreds of thousands of people marching this year, but you can still be um, built up in your support of the pro-life movement through um, this virtual event. Again, you need to register, March for Life. Marchforlife.org. Hey, joining me today is Tom Chapman, Executive Director for the Iowa Catholic Conference, talking about the Legislative priorities for 2021. All that coming up after this break. It's time for Straight Talk right now on Iowa Catholic Radio.
2: Thank you, Blessment International, for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Everyone lives their life 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. How we use that time directly affects if our life will leave a significant impact or not.
1: Welcome back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Wells, and I'm so grateful that you've chosen to give up your time this morning to join me and and to learn about the legislative issues that are important to our bishops and important to us. Joining me is Tom Chapman, the executive director for the Iowa Catholic Conference. Hey, Tom. Good morning. Good
4: morning, Jean. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing really well. I've already been out and scooped this morning. I don't know about you, but that's a lot of snow out there.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. It was a record, so it's a record we could do without, but yeah. How did the bishop stand on snowfall? I mean, this is important. <laughs> <laughs> the church doesn't have an opinion on everything, so oh, although okay. it may seem like it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know as I was um, looking at your website last night which by the way folks is the Iowa Catholic I love his website um, it's so informative and succinct I, I promote it every time you're on Tom because I do love it so much um, you talk about the the um, the priorities of the bishops um, and it's interesting because it's not like um, at least I, I didn't see this time, where there are bills that you are aggressively promoting. Um, well, I shouldn't say it that way, where where you're the instigator of it. These are issues that come forward. The bishops take an opinion and you support them or are neutral on them. Um, give us a little background before we get into these topics about, you know, how how the Iowa Catholic Conference actually physically supports or is opposed to a bill at the state house?
4: Well, uh, first there's a lot of consultation with the committees and the bishops as to what we're interested in. As you know, you know, some things we are actively developing and, and trying to get going and kind of being the instigator of it and other things, Mm -hmm. many, many things come from legislators and, but seem to affect one of our main priorities. And so Mm -hmm. what that means is we'll actually, um, you know, talk to legislators. You know, there are subcommittee meetings on bills every day. And uh, depending upon their importance to our legislative agenda, we may attend those subcommittee meetings and give the opinions of the bishops um, on those bills. Uh, and then follow up with other legislators later. We may ask some people from the dioceses to uh, contact their legislators or some key leaders, you know, about things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are a few things that really reach a level of importance that we really highlight and ask people to email their legislators as soon as possible or contact their legislators as soon as possible so there's a variety of things we do um, sometimes it's in support sometimes it's in opposition
1: mm-hmm. well, and that's the one thing that I do love about your website the action alerts that that when you sign up to get that information um, you- you know, there's something that we need to respond to. We can do it right on the website, and it makes it it's so convenient. So iowacatholicconference.org. You know, you should put me on your payroll, Tom, because I do love the. Oh, work. I
4: know you do a lot of promo for us. I appreciate it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, let's get into the hot topic. the The governor last week, um, or two weeks ago now, in her State of the State address, specifically talked about school choice, which has in my knowledge, has never been done by the governor um, and in such great support for school choice for families, so much so that she's already submitted her proposal on uh, students first and there was a Senate study committee yesterday on it. I mean, this is pretty amazing that it moved that quickly.
4: Yeah, it's moving very quickly. Um, In fact, it did pass the full Senate education committee late yesterday it's oh, being wonderful! Considered this morning, yep, by the Ways and Means Committee in the Senate today, and so uh, I anticipate uh, there's a good chance it will reach the floor for debate soon. And so, actually, we have an action alert up on our website that if you're on our network, you'll be receiving a note about that a little later this morning. But it's up on our website now. If you go to iowacatholicconference.org and click on Take Action, you know, at the top of the screen, basically mm-hmm. we're supporting. Uh, trying to get additional scholarships for students to be able to go to a non-public school. That's really our main focus in the bill. There's also a very good increase in the tuition and textbook tax credit, which parents in uh, both public and non-public schools receive. So this is really moving fast, and it's a priority for us to contact contact our senators in support.
1: You know, Tom, people are often confused about the difference between the tuition and textbook tax credit and the tax credits available through the Catholic Tuition Organization. Could you just explain uh, what this tuition and textbooks tax credit means um, for all families, both public and private schools?
4: Yes, Um, it's a tax credit that's available on your state tax return, and it's available for 25% of the first 1,000 in expenses for tuition or other fees for school. So public school parents often have fees for sports or music or things like that, and they can take 25% of the first 1,000 on that. And then non-public school parents, of course, uh, generally pay tuition. And so what that mm-hmm. works out to be, 25% of the first 1,000, well, that's generally $250 for every you know private school parent. So... Um the right now as it stands, the, the great majority of that tax credit is expended for public school parents because there's so many of them in the state, you know, compared to right. private. Um but this bill actually expands um you know that tax credit to fifty percent of the first two thousand. Oh so really I didn't first, realize the yeah. percentage went up also. Okay. Yeah, the percentage went up and so um, that really is going to benefit uh, public school parents, but it's also going to benefit private school parents who generally have at least two thousand in tuition and fees, um, usually quite often more than that. and so that would really raise the tax credit to a thousand dollars. and so that's a big help for parents. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I know many of our pa- our grandparents pay tuition for our students, are they eligible for this tuition and textbook tax credit?
4: Yeah, it would be available for expenses per child. So it's really related to the child. So I would say yes.
1: Oh, awesome. Okay. Um well, let's let's talk now, the Bishop the Bishops are in favor of all the components of the governor's proposal for the Student First um well, initiative I wouldn't, that she put you know, forth.
4: Yeah, I wouldn't say this is a 60 page bill and is often the case, you know, you're in favor of getting something passed, but you may not be really working on every section of the bill. And mm-hmm. so, uh, from the bishop's perspective, they're really focused on the scholarship pieces to help non public school, uh, parents and, uh, some public school parents to be able to transfer. Uh, that's one thing we've talked about. We've also been really talking about the tax credit as well. Um, there's also a tax credit for teachers for some of their expenses. Um, I mm. think that's a very positive thing. So yes. that's really the, the focus that the bishops have been taking. There are other provisions which would establish charter schools, which are public schools that have you know fewer rules to follow than the usual public school. Um, that's in the bill. And it's also making it easier for some public school parents to transfer their students between districts. But that hasn't really been a focus of what we've been working on.
1: Okay. Okay, so um, let's talk about specifically about this Students' First Scholarship Program. Um, Explain how that would work and how it would impact some of our families.
4: Okay. Uh, The Students' First Scholarship, as drafted in the governor's bill, uh, would make scholarships available to public school students in need of, and uh, these schools, school buildings, which would be in need of comprehensive support. And that's a federal definition. And so. Would okay. Be Cause I'm like, 30, what? Yeah. Yeah. It's a federal definition and it's 34 school buildings kind of scattered across the state. So there's a full, a uh, few school buildings in Des Moines, a few in Davenport, I think um, Dubuque, Sioux City, a few different places in the state have some buildings that are identified in comprehensive need of support. Students now, I looked in at that list, Tom,
1: and yeah. I, I think there were just yeah. five in the Diocese of Des Moines. Is that right? Correct. Correct. And they were so all, all in Des Moines.
4: I yeah, that's the way I saw it. Okay. And so okay. those students in those schools could get a scholarship to go to a non-public school. That's the way the bill reads. And so the scholarship would probably be about $5,300. And then they could take that and use that for tuition to go to a non-public school.
1: Mm-hmm. So I, I would assume that we would want to expand that beyond those 34
4: schools? Oh, yeah. I think that's definitely a goal. Um, We're working to get those scholarships expanded so it actually would be available to some non-public school students currently. Mm-hmm. You know whether they do and there's a lot of way they could a lot of ways they could do that. They could do that by making scholarships available to all students with special needs, you know, an IEP, something like mm-hmm. that. They could do some means testing, you know, make scholarships available to lower income people. There's a lot of different ways they could do it. They could just start in kindergarten and then add a grade every year. So that's one of the mm-hmm. things we're working on is really encouraging the Senate in terms of those things that they're doing in that regard, but trying to make it even better.
1: Well, and, and I think you said $5,400 would follow the student. Yeah. Somewhere in that neighborhood. uh, Yep. Yeah. That would be amazing for that to happen. Um, But I would sure like to see that. I mean, because of my work with the Catholic tuition organization, I see families that are, um, low income that need great support and CTO has been able to provide up to half the tuition. But, you know, let's say for instance, you know, we have a family that's coming, even if the current proposal passes from one of those 34 schools and maybe it's going to go to St. Joseph's, then, you know, if $5,400 dollars follow them, they wouldn't necessarily be eligible for CTO because the tuition isn't um, the cost of the school is is more than fifty four hundred dollars, but the state of tuition is not. Correct. And so that
4: money yeah. would be set aside, you know, uh, for later what they didn't need. Now, of course, then you have a situation where people might qualify to go to one of the private high schools, and of course that fifty four hundred dollars would not cover the tuition. Oh, yeah. And so that yeah. that's where the STO would come in. Yep. Yeah.
1: Oh, well, and the thing is, it's not a done deal. I mean, there's going to be a lot of discussion as it comes to the, to the, to the Senate, and then it has to go to the House. So, of course, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of conversation here. Um, Now, one of the components you mentioned, Tom, was this charter schools thing, which is really a public school that has a special focus, less rules. Do we have any charter schools currently in Iowa?
4: Yeah, there, there's really just two. Right now, it's very difficult to start a charter school. And you're really, the, um, there's, I think, one in Maynard, Iowa, and one in Storm Lake. Um, okay. What they're proposing is to make it more available, not just to the school districts or or a university to start one, but also make it available for private organizations, private non-religious organizations to start a school. That's really what they're doing, and they would apply through the State Board of Education. And so that could be something that could provide more opportunities for some people, for sure.
1: But the charter schools just seems to have a negative connotation in Iowa. Why is that? I mean, is it because of our, sure. you know, our pride in all of our schools that we don't need to have these charter schools? What What's the root of that?
4: you know well i think you know i'm just speculating i think there's a lot of reasons uh one reason is what you just said you know we're proud of our public schools as they are um there's also opposition uh opposition from i think unions teacher unions things like that because charter schools would not necessarily uh be organized by a union and so i think there's some opposition there um i think there's some public schools i feel there's a you know maybe a, they feel like there's a fairness issue Like, you know, if they could get out from under some of the regulations, they could do a better job. Um, So it's a lot of things, you know, and and I think like all of us who work for institutions, we want to protect our institutions, too. And so I think there's some of that among, you know, the public and private schools as well. So um, but in some states, charter schools are a very big option. um, And but they just never have really caught fire here in Iowa. Hmm.
1: Well, one of the other components, and the governor mentioned this specifically in her State of the State address, is about this open enrollment issue. And and there are five um, school districts that do not allow open enrollment, and Des Moines is one of them. I mean, are they so concerned with the with the exodus into the suburbs that you're only going to end up with um, very little diversity in your in the public schools in Des Moines or, or what's, what's the deal with Des Moines?
4: Yeah, I think there's concern on a couple different levels and I can't speak for them obviously, but I think, right. you know, from what I'm hearing, there's concern from the public schools that basically what they're trying to avoid to speak bluntly is white parents moving to the suburbs and leaving the Des Moines district. So that's one piece. And that's part of the reason some of these districts have diversity plans to try to keep that from happening and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, th- so I think that's one piece. Another piece is I think that's of concern. If you make open enrollment, like totally open, you know, a district that, you know, would seem to have some struggles and, you know, I don't know, I'm just, we'll pick a district. If they lose, you know, 20% of their kids in one year, that really is a big deal to that mm-hmm. school. And so I think they're trying to avoid that. And the open enrollment piece is um, a, pretty big deal. And so, you know, there's a lot of conversations about that at the Capitol.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's time for us to take our first break, our second break, rather. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the death penalty. It's again being reevaluated evaluated and um, considered to be reinstated in, in Iowa. We're going to talk with Tom Chapman about uh, the bishop's position on the death penalty and whether or not uh, it is justified. Uh, you're listening to Straight Talk
2: Thank you to Mercy One for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. From the cardiovascular experts at the Iowa Heart Center to the pediatric services of Mercy Children's Hospital and Clinics, Mercy provides complete care for Central Iowa's adults and children with more than 50 primary care and specialty clinics in the Des Moines area. Find a convenient Mercy One location near you online at mercydesmoines.org.
4: At Golden Rule Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, our number one rule is the Golden Rule. Treat others the way you want to be treated. And there is no better time than now to be living it. This year has been one for the record books, and the hits just keep on coming. So at Golden Rule, we are doing what we can to help out yet again. Introducing our Golden Age Buyback Program. As your HVAC system reach the golden years of life, we will give you up to $1,500 to have it replaced. Everyone deserves the Golden Rule, and this is one way Golden Rule gives back to you. Go to GoldenRulePHC.com.
3: Build a can construction. Not going along with the crowd will help you stand out in the crowd. Builder Kent Construction proudly supports Iowa Catholic Radio. Builder Kent Construction is a commercial general contractor providing pre construction, estimating, and scheduling services through completion of construction. We can build projects ranging from tenant improvements and historical renovations to high rise buildings. We build confidence. Learn more about the nearly 40 projects in the Des Moines metro area completed by Builder Kent Construction by visiting www.bdconstruct.com.
2: Here's your forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. The heavy snow is wrapping up, but we could still get a few snow showers through tomorrow morning and cold temperatures moving in from the north. 23 for the high this afternoon, cloudy and scattered snow showers. For tonight, cloudy skies down to 12 and a snow shower or two possible. And then we'll have cloudy skies tomorrow morning, maybe an early snow shower, but clearing up in the afternoon, staying cold though with our high near 20. I'm meteorologist Steve Hamilton on Iowa Catholic Radio.
1: Welcome back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Wells, and joining me today is Tom Chapman. Tom is the Executive Director for the Iowa Catholic Conference, which is the organization where the four bishops for Iowa come together to talk about those uh, issues that are important to us as Catholics in the state of Iowa, as well as the legislative issues uh, that will impact all of us. And Tom, I'm so grateful that you're joining us today, and and um, especially so that we can talk about that the death penalty is again being reevaluated uh, at in the Senate. I mean, how crazy is that?
4: Well, it seems to happen every session, so it's not uh, <laughs> unusual these days, but it is certainly something that we deal with every couple of years.
1: Now, this one, uh, it's Senate study bill uh, 1004, and it would reinstate the death penalty in Iowa For murder in the first degree involving kidnapping and sexual abuse offenses against the same uh, victim who is a minor. Now, this, uh, the legislature abolished the death penalty in 1965. So, we haven't had it for a long time here in Iowa. So, I mean, did that synopsis of what this bill is do a good job of, of describing what's proposed?
4: Yeah, absolutely. It's a pretty narrow proposal, although, you know, honestly, it's like a lot of things that the legislature if this actually passed and went into law, then there'd be efforts to expand it, you know, but this is narrowly construed. But from the bishop's perspective, you know, they're not in favor of any uh, expansion or bringing back the death penalty at all. Um, from their perspective, it certainly as even as we've seen over the last few decades, the church has really just gone to the um, position that it's really inadmissible to have the death penalty in modern society. Um, The bishops look at it as an attack on the dignity of the human person. Um, It's also, you know, in terms of secular reasons, it's a mistake you can't fix. You know, innocent people have been executed. There's a racial component to it, which has been shown. And it's just something that you're giving the state a lot of power of life and death when, um, you know, perhaps you can protect society in another way. So obviously, you know, we need to, you know, do the best job we can of supporting victims of violent crime. And I think that has touched many of our lives, frankly. Um, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, we don't want to bring back the death penalty and get the state involved in taking life. So the bishops absolutely, oppose the restoration of the death penalty, and it'll be one of our top priorities to stop. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, um, I I pulled from your website um, a a statement from the bishops that says, quote, we know there is a special need to offer sympathy and support for the victims of violent crime and their families. However, we oppose reinstatement of the death penalty in order to send the message that the cycle of violence can be broken without taking life. It's pretty clear, but some folks, really, they have no sympathy, Tom, for criminals who harm children, which is what this proposal is. I mean, some might consider the bishop's compassion for
4: the criminal tilts too far. Well, my my reaction is, you know, I don't really have a lot of sympathy for the criminals who harm children either. Um, But if you're going to say, yeah, the bishops have too much mercy um, then I think that argument's dead in the water for the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Period. End of discussion. Well, I, you know, I I understand why people don't want to, uh, you know, say anything that looks like it's in favor of somebody who's done terrible things. But there's always a possibility of redemption for people. Um, they, you know, obviously these people have committed terrible crimes. Um, terrible things have been done to other people. But at the same time, do we need to take that life? Is that, you know, our job uh, as society to do that in our modern society? And the bishops would just say, no, it isn't. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and, and I agree, Tom. I, I, I just, I never quite know how to respond to folks when they say, but they've harmed children. They've kidnapped them and, and, and abused them and murdered them. And, you know, that's too much. And I'm like, oh, well, it is too much. And, you know, and I feel like sometimes I just <laughs> say, true. well, you know, there's no reason to take a life for a life. But I feel like that that just sounds so empty when, um, you know, folks right. are so passionate about protecting children.
4: Well, and you have to do that, obviously, in a pastoral way with people who have suffered, you know, and that's mm-hmm. where we talk about you need to have that support for people who have been victimized. But if you look at actually, you know, on the subcommittee meetings on this bill, there are always several people who have been victims of violent crime or family members who have been murdered and they do not support bringing back the death penalty. You know, they're Mm -hmm. just saying it doesn't bring my family member back. And, um, I would prefer that you don't kill in my name, you know, so it's, it's difficult and nobody's, uh, I don't think anybody's talking about having a great deal of sympathy for people who harm children or right. do terrible crimes, but our faith asks us difficult things. I mean, you know that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're asked to do difficult things and act in difficult ways, and this is just one more of them, I think.
1: You know, Tom, I think one of the benefits of Iowa Catholic Radio is that we can talk about these issues, and through our guests, we're, we're giving... we're given. Um, Word choices and phrases to help us to respond to people. Um, you can hear them. I mean, it's different than reading them. You can hear that in compassion and pastoral care in your word choice, and that gives us something then to use. So I I, I always appreciate when you can join us. Um, now I want to before we take our next break. I want to talk about other Iowa issues. What else, What else has already come to the surface early in the session that is. Um, Very
4: important for the bishops. Well, you know, one of our priorities over the last few years has been to propose an amendment to Iowa's Constitution, Mm. which would clarify that our Constitution does not contain a right to an abortion. Unfortunately, the Iowa Supreme Court in 2018 found that our Constitution has a fundamental right to abortion, which makes it very difficult to regulate. You know, when you get into Which most of us election. don't agree with that. No, the vast not majority not that we're constitutional uh, people, scholars, but no, no, the great majority of people in the state of Iowa do not agree with that. That abortion is a fundamental right in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. So what we're trying to do is just clarify that the Constitution does not contain that right. Um, unfortunately, what we're attempting to do, and I think with some success this year, to get it passed through the legislature. Um, that's not going to actually ban abortion in the state, but it just kind of allows, uh, it would allow uh, the legislature to regulate it. So what needs to happen is this proposal needs to pass both chambers, House and Senate this year, and then we will have to come back in two years after an election, in two years to pass it again in the same form in both chambers, and then, and only then would it go to a vote of the people of Iowa. So it's a long and difficult process to amend Iowa's Constitution, but certainly we have felt that this is so critical an issue that it's something, you know, that we need to take up and do the best job we can of fixing it. Mm -hmm. I think it is going to be fixed ultimately. Um, It's going to take a while, but I do uh, anticipate and am hopeful that this will get passed in the legislature in both chambers this year, and uh, then we'll take a break and really try to get it passed two years from now.
1: Has there been a proposal already brought forth to either the house or the Senate?
4: Yeah, it's moving fast in the house right now. It came out of the, uh, yeah, it came out of the house committee uh, last week. I think it's very possible that it's going to reach the floor of the house this week for passage. The Senate has started to move on their version of it um, passing out a subcommittee and then working it through, um, you know, their committee, on the Senate side. I think it's going through um, state government over there, but they're working on it. And so I do anticipate that, you know, we'll have to keep pushing them along. And when the time comes, you'll hear more about that. But I think we're on the right track so far.
1: Again, that's why the org is such an important website. It, it helps us keep our finger on the pulse when we are not doing that every day like you are.
4: So. Yeah, it's a you know, people can always watch our website and look at our newsletter there to see what's moving, what isn't. And then mm-hmm. when the ki- time comes for the big push, you know, people will hear about that.
1: What else is on the uh, docket that, that we need to be in tune with?
4: Oh, my. There's, you know, a lot of things we've been working on. Um, there's uh, several bills that would work to support adoptive parents. There's a bill... Mm-hmm being considered today in a committee that would increase the adoption tax credit. And that can be a beautiful choice for people. And so we've been working on that. Um, also a bill that would actually require employers to treat adoptive parents the same as birth parents, you know, and uh, in their employment policies, which actually is not required in Iowa at this point, um, specifically, but that's something that the legislature is looking at. So we're hoping to accomplish that. Um, kind of the flip side of the abortion question is there's a move to make guns a fundamental right in Iowa's constitution, you know, the right to keep and bear arms. Mm-hmm. And the bishops have opposed that pretty much for the same reason in the sense that if you make something a fundamental right, it can't be regulated at all. And the bishops feel like it that should be something that You know, we do have background checks and permitting uh, policies in the state that, you know, the bishops support. And so they feel that that is something that, you know, we should drag our feet on in terms of expanding uh, gun rights and making it fundamental. So those are things that are still happening. And, you know, by the time I look at the legislative website, I'm sure there'll be some other things come up, too. But um, those are some of the things that we've been doing some work on so far.
1: But we're going to take our last break of the show. When we come back, we're going to talk about what's happening at the federal level um, with the inauguration of President Biden, a number of issues which appeal to Catholics and cause others angst will take center stage in the upcoming week. So we're going to visit with Tom Chapman, our guest, executive director from the Iowa Catholic Conference. When we come back, you're listening to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio.
2: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Storm Alert Weather is provided by Divine Treasures. Divine Treasures is a Catholic book and gift store serving the Des Moines community for over 25 years. Their mission is to help Catholics know, love, and keep their faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and His Church. Divine Treasures is where you can find great Catholic books, beautiful Bibles, rosaries, jewelry, statues, and religious gifts for those memorable events in your life. Divine Treasures, 5701 Hickman Road, Des Moines, 515-255-5230. Thank you to Divine Treasures for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio.
0: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio, in Christ is the Answer, with Father John Ricardo, is provided by Confluence Brewing Company, a local brewery featuring seasonal and limited-release beers located off the bike trail south of Gray's Lake and online at confluencebrewery.com. Confluence Brewing Company has growlers-to-go, apparel, and other gifts for family and friends. Confluence Brewing Company is available for curbside service and would like to thank you for your support. Thank you, Confluence Brewing Company, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio.
1: Well, welcome back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Wells, and I'm really pleased that Tom Chapman, Executive Director for the Iowa Catholic Conference, is joining us today as uh, As we talk about the legislative sessions that are taking place both at the state and the federal level, and I want to spend a few minutes to talk about what's happening at the federal level. Um, with the inauguration of President Biden, a number of executive orders have already Uh, been signed, um, some which appeal to Catholics and others uh, that cause us angst. Um, Tom, you know, what do you see from this uh, initial um, couple of weeks that the president has signed that has caused us angst?
4: Well, you know, I don't think there's anything that comes as a great surprise to the bishops in that sense. You know, um, one of the things that i a couple of the executive orders that are providing some issues you know have to do with the Mexico City policy which uh, you know which the Mexico City policy was we're not going to give any money for groups that promote or do abortions overseas you know it's it's about funding of overseas uh, non-government organizations and so that has bounced back and forth between uh Republican and Democratic presidents for many years And so that's one thing that I think, you know, has been an issue. I think there's some concern about uh, the gender issues. The bishops are basically um, supportive of, you know, I would say the science in the sense that gender is tied to your biological sex. And I think the current administration um, is not in the same place on that. And so there's some executive orders coming on that as well. So those are things that we need to kind of watch and then there'll be legislative proposals that the, on the same side that we won't, um, you know, certainly don't want to support. And there will be efforts to get rid of the Hyde amendment, which actually forbids the federal government for paying for abortions, you know, with that federal funding, uh, that's been a top priority of the bishops for many years and there'll be issues to get rid of that as well. So, um, yeah, we're going to be have to watch some of that stuff very carefully.
1: So as we um, as we look at you know what's going to come up, I think the immigration issue is an important one. Um, what do you see happening with immigration, in, in particular DACA? I mean, that's maybe you should explain DACA for those that may not be familiar with that. Um, sure. And then and sure. then what may be happening with it.
4: Well, it's hard to say because it's still very early in the Congress, but I think generally speaking, you know, the bishops understand that there need to be borders and borders need to be enforced, but we want to have what they would consider to be balanced and humane enforcement. And yes. so one piece of this is the DACA program, uh, which has been in place off and on for several years now, and it really assists young people who came to the United States with their parents, their parents don't have papers. They're not documented. And so these children are not documented either. And so they're not uh, legally present in that sense. Um, They don't have that status. And so what the DACA program does is offers them some protection from deportation. And that's really the minimum from our perspective that should be done. You know, the young people came here. It wasn't really their fault that their parents came here um but now they're integral members of our communities you know they're in the workforce they're in the schools and at least they should be protected from deportation so there's been well, executive again worries, they're not know, five that. i right, mean right you think
1: of oh it's the young people it's like some of them are 25
4: yeah absolutely yeah and some of them would be 30 for sure yeah um and so what are you going to do? Are you going to d- deport them back to a country that they don't remember, you know, when they came here as a young person or they don't speak the language? You know, that's the uh, that's the piece of mercy that I think the bishops are talking about. And so um, ideally, you know, that would be done through legislation. Uh, it's been done, uh, that protection has been done through an executive order so far. But, you know, certainly from our perspective, it's it's better to actually, I'm not a big fan of executive orders myself in the sense that that switches between. Um, right. I mean, this back, you know, who's in charge? To, you talk about angst. Yeah. Yeah. You're just yeah. bouncing people around on all of these things. It's, let's just do it in legislation, have the fight, you know, in the, in Congress, in the legislature, and then you win or lose, but you had a chance to put your ideas forward in a fair fight, you know. um, Right now, with executive orders, um, then it takes all the pressure off of the legislature or Congress to respond. And so then you're just, once again, dealing with a situation that's in flux rather than some certainty for people.
1: Yeah, whether you like President Trump's strategy or not, it was his effort was to get, at least my understanding, was to get DACA to be a legislated issue as opposed to an executive order. And then that
4: didn't happen. Yeah. Um, Yep. I see. Yeah. And part of the deal for that is legislators and, you know, I deal with a lot of legislators at the state level and then federal level, and I like working with them generally. But, you know, sometimes there's uh, they don't want to necessarily take accountability for anything, you know, so uh, it's a lot easier for them if it's just done done through an executive order and then mm -hmm. they can comment on it. But that's different than having to take a firm position and taking a vote on right. it. So that's the difficulty we have.
1: In our last few minutes, Tom, I'd like to talk about the life issue from the federal level. You know, the, it's, it's of great importance to many of us. And, and it's sad to see our country, and especially a Catholic president, support abortion rights. I mean, it's beyond sad. Um, but how right. have the bishops responded so far to President Biden's remarks on codifying the Supreme Court ruling that denies unborn children, their most basic human and civil right, the right to life?
4: Well, that certainly is an opposition. You know, the bishops are definitely uh, would be working against that. Um, and like like we do at the state level, uh, when there's issues moving at the federal level, you know, there'll be action alerts. and. I I can tell you that'll be a top priority if that really gets um some steam. Um I'm skeptical whether it can pass both uh both chambers in DC, but it's not something you can leave to chance. So when those things uh come up, I know the bishops will speak out on that. Um and then we'll also have some opportunity to contact our legislators and Congress uh, people about that as well. Yeah,
1: it um I mean the the rhetoric around President Biden being Catholic and supporting um you know abortion rights um it, it 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 is very sad because there are folks that are Catholic that that agree with him and there are Catholics that disagree with him um but again it's now it's causing division within our own church and you know we have to you know, we, we do need to, to be unified in our, our love of God, you know, and and I know the bishops have been looking at um, that kind of a conversation. Do you know how they have, where they're at in that, that conversation?
4: (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, Do you have your crystal ball, Tom? (laughs) uh,
0: Well,
4: no, I mean, I think it's fair to say there's some uh, disagreement among bishops as to how to handle a Catholic president and, I don't you know, that's not surprising. There's disagreement among lay people as how to do that too. Right.
0: Um in mm-hmm. terms of
4: my job, you know, I my job is to focus on the legislative piece of it and the policy piece. And that's and that I guess is the easy part in the sense that we know what we're for, we know what we're against, and that's what we're gonna talk about. All right? Mm-hmm. There's no question about that. I think the more difficult question for bishops, and I don't envy them that, is is a pastoral outreach to someone who um, is a Catholic, a professed Catholic, but then, you know, opposes some things that are pretty fundamental to how the bishops look at society. So how do you handle that in a pastoral way? And what is your concern for that person? um, Their immortal soul, for example, you know, who's, who's responsible for teaching about that. And, Mm -hmm. and that goes, and so that question is more difficult when you have, a Catholic in a position than it is for someone else, you know, because the best bishops are teachers, they are pastors. And so Mm -hmm. now they've got to figure out how to handle that. And I, I don't envy them. Um, For me, it's easier. And for the policy people, it's easier because we do what we always do, which is we oppose what we should oppose and support what we should support.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and their guidance, I think will be especially appreciated so that, that, Lay people can also be pastoral in our response to our friends who may have a different point of view Um, because you know, silence Mm -hmm. is not necessarily the best way uh, to create unity. You know, the loudest voice then um, does seem to take precedence. So, Tom, as always, you have been such a joy. I want to thank you so much for giving time today. And um, folks, again, check out iowacatholicconference.org to be able to uh, help, allow Tom to keep us up to speed on the things that are happening that are near and dear to our hearts. I also want to thank, thank you, my Jean. producer, Jimmy Olson. I'm, I'm Jean Wells, and today asking St. Thomas More, he's the patron saint of politicians and statesmen to help all who serve the people of this country to consider the greater good and to do so from a moral perspective. St. Thomas More, pray for us. Iowa Catholic Radio is a listener-supported station, and we perpetually rely on your prayers and support to continue our mission of connecting listeners with Christ. You can give to Iowa Catholic Radio online at iowacatholicradio.com or through our free app, Iowa Catholic Radio app. Uh, straight Talk is every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio and always available on podcasts through the Iowa Catholic Radio free app. Stay tuned now for Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. God bless.
0: Straight Talk, where you get answers to tough issues impacting your life. Listen anywhere at any time via podcast at iowacatholicradio.com. Straight Talk, heard every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and replayed at 10 p.m., only on Iowa Catholic Radio.